Welcome, everybody, to episode five of the Play Without Fear podcast with Mark and Brent. I'm excited to be back with you today. Um, first off, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Buck Creek Distributing. Uh, Buck Creek is the is the best distributing company for craft breweries and distilleries in the Midwest. Um, so please visit www.buckcreekdistributing.com to see uh, our full portfolio of everything that we can help you with. Um, so today, Mark, you know, I'm pretty excited for this discussion. In our previous episodes, we've kind of given you guys a lot of, you know, maybe ideas and tips and ammunition for how you could maybe go out and play without fear. And, you know, these pie in the sky ideas of how you can do what makes you happy. But ultimately, you know, you have to have a plan. So I think today we want to talk about, you know, having a defined vision or having a defined strategy for when you go out and when you try and make these moves and when you try and want to try and make those changes in your life. So, um, yeah, we want to talk a little bit about that and how important that is. So first off, how you doing, Mark? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Brent. As I said uh, in one of the earlier podcasts, 99% of the time, I hate Fridays and love Mondays. That's true. Today's one of those weeks, though, where early in the year, I'm probably glad it's Friday, right? Yeah, I feel you. Um, it's in Iowa where we're at. It, it's a cold and gloomy day today. Kind of been a cold and gloomy week, so it, it does bring you down a little bit. It's um, I feel myself having a little bit more drive throughout the week in the summer, just because you know that's. I think I have a little bit of that seasonal. Um, Depression? Depression, not really, but it's like, God. If, That's if, like a new new hot word. Yeah, but if the sun could just come out a little bit. So and I, I get you, but uh, but we're still making moves, and we're, and we're still uh, being successful. So what's, what's new with you? Anything new? Well, you know, I took the family to Nashville over the holidays. That was a nice getaway. Um, got, in, got in touch with my country music. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny how you evolve in your life, right? I was never a country music guy. But as I get older, things slow down in my life. Um, I really have come to appreciate country music. And Nashville, really, thinking about what we do and all this this stuff we talk about on our podcast, I mean, these aspiring artists, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. I mean, they talk about having envisioned success because they're living on peanuts, you know, they're, they're trying to bartend at night, get gigs where they can, but they are so passionate about it that they just, they just stay at it. And any honky tonk you go in down there, I mean, it's just great voices. Mm -hmm. It's just, it doesn't matter where, who, if you're singing somewhere in Nashville, Tennessee, you got a great voice. Now, does that always, you know, equate into being a big successful artist? Not necessarily, but God bless them for trying because they put a lot of good music out there. Well, and that goes to the play without fear thing. You know, a lot of these artists they they gave up probably some a lot more security in a job that they could have had, and they said, you know what, screw this, I'm going to move to Nashville and I'm gonna go play on the third floor of this, you know, bar on Broadway for probably 20 bucks an hour right. to see if somebody notices me. Right. Yeah, no, so did that over the holiday, spent time with my kids who were both in college. And now, uh, as we say it at Buck Creek, 
starting at zero. Yep. Right? Starting at zero. And the the topic of our discussion today, we titled, If You Believe It's True, It's True. And it really goes back to the, the old Seinfeld days, right? And George, that was one of his best one-liners, I thought, in the whole series was, If You Believe It's True, It's True. And it, it really means how do you envision your life? How do you envision your career? You know, take yourself to the finish line. Mm-hmm. How do you picture that? It, it's interesting, Brent. I had uh, the sales team. Let's let's take a couple minutes to just discuss, you know. I do a lot of this motivational stuff because I really believe in psychology. And a lot of how our lives go, how our careers go, or the psychology behind it. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I did a little assignment for our weekly team meeting to read a book. Um, I think it was called Mia Hewitt, right? And it was a lot about really, you know, getting between the ears, between our ears, right? That's what drives everything. It's, it's not what, what's happening in life. It's being able to zoom out and look down on the situation and how we react to it. Yeah. And that is so true. I mean, what did you think of that book, Brent? You I, read it. Yeah, um, I thought that book was was outstanding. I think it was called Meant for More um, by Mia Hewitt. And and basically, to give you guys a very, very brief summary of of it, you know, this, this woman was on the outside what any one of us would consider uber successful. Um, super successful in the insurance industry, I think. Um, probably had a lot of money. Um, she could have just been sailing off, doing what she was doing, um, not really driving for more, and she would have been fine. She'd have lived a really successful life. But she just had this inner inner drive within herself that she she needed and she wanted more. And even though she had accomplished all of these these things already, it was you know how how do I get more? And so she ended up seeing seeing a, a woman who. Um, kind of a counselor in a way to her but she they had these sessions life coach a that's, life coach. that's the new buzzword life coach. yeah to give to really help me a tap into um maybe mm-hmm. some things that happened in her childhood and how could she use these things um to push herself forward so i i really appreciated it because you know in our current job you know at buck creek you think things are going really well i would say for our company but that doesn't mean we just kind of sit on our laurels and and not continue to, to make moves. So we've got this new project we're working on that we're really putting a lot of energy into, and um, that's not something we have we had to to go after. But as a company, you know, led by you, we decided to do that, and I think it's going to really pay off for us. So, um, well, I think what it came down to in the book um, was really what wasn't necessarily of her wanting more success financially or more, you know, career-wise. What what she was able to drill down to was being okay with herself mm-hmm. and being able to tell herself, I am successful. And it really goes back to a lot of the things we talk about and play without fear. It's your ego. And when's your ego developed, right? Most of the time it's when you're four or five years old. Yep. And a lot of times it'll take a life coach or a counselor 
to help you drill down to figure out when that was because sometimes you can't move forward until you figure out when that was, you know, that your ego was developed. And, you know, one one thing I know about my ego, I grew up on a farm in, uh, you know, northeast Iowa where nobody had money, right? We, we just never had money. And I think a lot of my ego development was based around not having money. And that's why no matter what success I have or have had or failures, because those come too, but what success I've had, I'm never complacent. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking for the next thing. I, I would say I, I have all the nice things in life, but, but I've lived like, like I was poor, like the money will run out. So a lot of this book was back to that on ego. Buck Creek, we do it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we get complacent and we're not constantly looking for the next product, the next trend in distribution, um, we'll end up like I, in the real estate world, I always called it, you know, if you're, if, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, you're going to get left behind. And, and I think that ties in really well with, with kind of the topic of the day of, you know, having a vision or a strategy on what you're going to do. So, um, you know, you've, you've started a company and you've run a golf course or this company before. Um, maybe give an example, Mark, or talk a little bit about why you think it's important to, to have that vision. I know you talk a lot about, you know, to me when I'm going out um, to breweries for my job, it's like, all right, before you walk in the door, you got to have a vision. You have to envision, what do I want to get out of this when I'm walking out of the brewery? Um, what do I have wanted to happen and, and how am I going to make that happen? So right. give an example of why you think that's important or kind of um, why people should not go in without a plan. Right. And I'm not saying it has to be a succinct plan always, but you got to be able to envision the end game. How do I envision this ending? Because everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if you don't picture success at the end, right, it's not going to happen. That's just how our brains are programmed, right? If if you view our thoughts, they're really similar to when you get in your car and you hit the GPS, Right? Your brain's the GPS for it, right? So if you're programming your brain to, to one of two things, either nothing, right? You don't have a plan or a vision. Or two, something negative like, oh, golly, golly I go in this brewery. They're probably going to say no, mm-hmm. right? That's the shit that's going to happen to you, right? And you put off those vibes then too, I feel. Right. Like I can tell right away, snuff pe- sniff people out. It's like you're not feeling this situation right now or you you have a negative. And so if I go into a brewery or if you went into a hospital when you were selling pharmaceutical stuff, people can see that. And right. That, that's not going to help your cause. I agree 100%. So it's really how you envision the end game, right? And I went through this process with a, a life coach, quote unquote life coach, <laughs> Um where she'd have you close your eyes. They almost like hypnotize you. And at the time, I was having hip pain. And she said, all right, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to breathe in and out. One, two, three. And I want you to blow it out. Eight, seven, six, five, yada, yada. And what do you see? 
and I would see red. When I'd think about my hip, I'd see red. Well, apparently red, that's my brain saying, you know, it's automatically programmed to say it hurts, it's bad, Mm -hmm. right? How do you trigger your brain to, you know, take it to green? Green meaning feels good, you're happy. We sat there for probably 10 minutes doing this exercise. All right, I want you to go, you know, down through your head, through your neck. You're thinking, you know, rainbows, flowers, hearts. And it was all these positive thoughts. And we ended up pointing that at my hip. Now we're to your hip and, you know. And I'm thinking, this is like a this is like a freaking gypsy I'm working yeah. with. Yeah. And, but I'll be damned. I stood up, my hip didn't hurt, right? Oh. Because it's, so, it's mental. It's a lot of it's mental. I mean, what I've learned over the years is how mental everything is. And the, the, the reason we're having this talk today is it truly is not what's going on in the world. It's how you react to it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the situation is what it is. But everybody's reaction is going to be different. So you have to put yourself in a mental place to react positively, right? Because what good does it do to react negatively? It does not change the situation. Yep. And it's going to make it more difficult to get a positive solution for you. Right. Right. You know, like I'm thinking about inflation right now. Inflation's really high. Well, um, complaining about it isn't going to change the fact that um, the inflation's really high. So you as a family, do you need to come up with a plan and a vision? All right, maybe do we need to buy more off-brand things or whatever? But, right. you know, coming up with a solution for yourself, that's more of a real-world example. But um, you're you're right on. It's like complaining about things. And, and I still kind of do that sometimes. I'm getting trying to get better at it, but it's not going to change. Having a negative outlook on something isn't going to change the fact that that's what you're dealing with right now. So you can either decide to make the best of it. You know, you always hear the make lemonade out of lemons or whatever, um, or be a half glass half full, glass half empty person. Um, I used to think those those kinds of things were stupid to think about, but I really see the value in it now. Um, and being positive, and, and it goes a long way, I think. It don't, It not only helps you solve the problems, but it makes people want to still be around you, right? Nobody wants to be around a negative Nelly, That's, yeah. um, especially in business. But, you know, you brought up a great kind of current event topic right now. It's inflation. And I don't know what it is since COVID, but... But our world's different. Do you feel like our world's different? I, I kind of think of our world as like pre-COVID and post-COVID. Like it's right. a totally different world since March 2020. Right. And I don't have my finger on it. What You know, if people just had too long to sit around and get inside their own head. Um, I don't know if we all thought we were going to die within the next year. Um, I don't. I don't know, but... It's definitely different when you talk about these this inflation right now. You can look at it one of two ways. The the glass half full piece of me says a lot of these things are just catching up. Mm-hmm. They were 30 years behind, right? I look at farmers 
their green being a couple $2.50 any time in the last 20 years was ludicrous. Yeah. But it was. You know, a lot of this shit just is catching up. Workers, a lot of them were severely underpaid. You know, houses have been four and five hundred thousand. Apartments have been twelve to fifteen hundred. Well, but we're asking workers to make fifteen bucks an hour and pay for it. Mm-hmm. So some of the things just have to catch up. On the flip side of this, we've had stupid spending in our country. Not, and I'm not talking about the government. We don't go down that road, but. I'm talking about consumers. Mm-hmm. I sit here in the office with all the glass and I see people driving by with $90,000 SUVs and I see three quarters of a million dollar houses going up everywhere. What it tells me is society is trying to plug a lot of holes right now, you know, dark, empty places within themselves with material goods, mm-hmm. right? Vacations and I was reading a book a while back, and it really hit home that if you're truly at peace and content with where you're at, you don't need a vacation. Where you live is a vacation. And I'm not always that way. Trust me, I'm human. But a lot of times I am. I've said numerous times where we live in in Solon, Iowa, it's a vacation spot. We got trails. We got lakes. We got all these things. But that's my brain being programmed to be content with where it is. I don't need to ship off. Sure, I like to take vacations mainly to get away and be one-on-one with my family. But, you know, so what are we as a society, what holes are we trying to plug? I mean, you're you're a psychologist for Christ's sake. I, I, I think we talked about this maybe in our first or our second podcast, but um, it it made me think about it when you said, people driving by in these $90,000 SUVs, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses thing. And I I do feel like um, that has become more of an issue in the past and and it, or in the past couple of years. And it goes with that, you know, having a vision, having a strategy. I, I'm conservative by nature, money wise. Um, My, if you ask my wife, she'd probably say I'm too conservative with money. I am. But um, I like to have a plan. I like to have a vision and a strategy for the future. You know, maybe wanting to have um, ownership in a company or whatever. I'm always thinking towards the future. I feel like too many people aren't doing that. And there are there are homes for sale in this area that are eight, nine hundred thousand dollars, and interest rates are six percent. And people are having these thirty year mortgages on these houses. And when I sit and I think about it, I'm like, holy shit! Right? Are these people not? Unless there are way more rich people than I know. Some people I fear are not thinking about the vision and the strategy of the future, and it might bite them in a few years. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know what it is about the last couple years, whether they're filling those holes because they were depressed or negative during the early parts of COVID. So now they want this new shiny house or this new $90,000 Suburban. I don't know. But, man, I do fear for... Do you think it's there's a lot of cases of the fuckets? Sort of, yeah. And, like, I'm trying to get better about the fuckets, too. And, like, so I bought a new vehicle. I bought a 22 Volkswagen recently, and that's not something I would generally do. But, um, you know, I had a, a uncle who passed away recently, 
And as he was getting close to passing away, you know, he told me, you know, I was conservative and I saved my money my whole life. Um, and this is what I get for it. So there, there is a happy medium. Like if you're able to do it, you can branch out and spend a little bit of money. Right. But so like, I wouldn't have generally bought this Volkswagen, but I did it because he's helping me do that a little bit. Right. But the fuck it's of such a grand scale are like, you know, F it, I'm going to buy this house in town with a quarter acre lot for seven or $800,000. I'm like, I don't know. Right. No, I 100% agree. There's some whole feeling going on. I think what what you talked about, though, there's a happy medium, right? I'm kind of trying to be a happy medium guy, right? If I want to drive a nice truck, I'm going to drive a nice truck because I'm in it all the time, right? I'm, I'm, that's my life, right? Um, but, but also trying to think about the future too, my kids, and and avoid it. So, the topic of our thing is envisioning. So, if we talk about these inflationary times, right now is one of the biggest times you've got to picture the end when we come out of the recession and we did this at buck creek with covid and i remember telling the whole team you know how we react during covid is how successful we're going to be coming out of covid it's the same thing today whether it's your personal life it's at work how you react to this is how you're coming out of it right Mm -hmm. and i think we've already been in a recession for three quarters uh, we probably got a little bit of the worst to come, which will probably be about midsummer. And this to end, right? If you're old enough, you've seen all these things come and go. It's how you react to them and how prepared you are, right? So back to the deal. I know you, Brent, when you go into a brewery, one of the things I preach is don't go in that damn brewery to do a sales call without a, a vision and a plan. What's your objectives, mm-hmm. right? No different in life, starting a business, whatever. What's your objective? You know, some people, many. So the reason 99% of small businesses fail, right? Isn't it? It's some high percentage. Maybe it's not 99. A vast majority. In the first year, Mm -hmm. right? I think restaurants probably lead that charge. But the reason I, I feel a lot of that is, is because... They either didn't have a vision or their vision was off base. What I see a lot of are people buying jobs, not starting businesses, right? They're trying to replace their job. So they don't want to have to answer to anyone. So I'm just going to buy a job, right? Yep. Well, that's not running a business, right? You're buying a job, right? And it's two way different things. I've never thought of it that way. Buying a job you might as well stay where you're at, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're going to fail a business because you're going to get enough to replace your current salary at work. You're going to be content. Or what I see a lot of them do is they don't realize when you open a business, you may not get paid for a couple years. I've started businesses where I haven't been paid for five, personally. But they think they can go in and I'll see these business plans come across my desk and they have a line item, for their salary first year. Well, guess what, kids? <laughs> you open a business, yours is last. Yeah. And yours is if you're making enough money to pay yourself. Most businesses, that's not going to happen in the first few years. Many times, five or six. So that's why they fail. 
right? Yeah, and you have to have a vision for that, the, the foresight yeah. to know. I'm not going to pay myself $200,000 right. out of this, you know, this pot of gold here because then I'm just, I'm screwing over the business in general. So, so. They're, they're up front vision of what they believed was skewed and off, mm-hmm. right? And that that turns into failure, right? Yeah. The pay yourself first thing doesn't work when you own a business. Yeah, and you know, it makes me think of this exciting um, project that we've been working on in our company. Um, you know, I'm really bullish on this idea, and I know you're super bullish on this on this project that we've been working on, and you do have to be willing to make sacrifices in order to make that successful. Um, you, you know, you have to be willing to give up some capital or, or some liquid money to to help push that across the finish line. And you might not see the rewards of that for the first little while, but eventually if it's done right, and if you had a plan and a vision, which I think we have on that project, um, you're going to reap the benefits in the end of it. Right. I think owning small businesses or, or businesses in general, it takes some education. And for many people, all they see is what's in the bank account. And they don't realize I'm building wealth in a company, which is no different than putting money in a 401k. Um, and, and these are the things you got to envision. And you got to envision your own success. You got to, you know, envision what the day-to-day looks like and... There, there's so many, you know, I've read so many books in my life and people get stressed out a lot. I mean, we see it in the company here. I'm not saying I never get stressed out. Hell yeah, I do. I hopefully have enough experience to talk my way out of it, you know, Mm -hmm. to tend it positive. But, you know, people get stressed out very easily with, with, certain items and what you got to do is if this event isn't going to matter two years from now then don't stress out about it right well help people stress out about things that aren't going to matter two weeks from now right and but i mean i know personally that's how i pull my is this am i even going to be thinking about this two years from now if i'm not i try to not let it stress me out right mm-hmm. i mean what kind of things stress you out you know, I I wouldn't say I've ever been a super uh, stressed or anxious person, but, you know, a lot of the typical things stress me out. You know, I want to make sure that I provide for my family or I want to make sure my kids are healthy or, you know, my, my wife is healthy, you know, those types of things. But I, I think I'm lucky in, the, in terms of that that stuff's never really bothered me to where it um, really negatively impacts my, my day-to-day. Um, but I'm, I'm normal. I can get caught up in things, you know, like everybody else. And so, like you said, just making sure to keep that in the frame of your frame of mind. It's like, all right, this something in your head, you might think, oh my God, that's so terrible. And you start stressing about it. But then once you really think about it, you're like, God, in a, in a week, I'll probably have forgot that that even happened. Or right. I probably won't even care about it. And, and all those things are, are becoming roadblocks for you to ultimately um, accomplish your goals or get the get the vision, uh, you know, reach your full potential of whatever vision you had planned. You know, 
I was thinking about this the other day with you. You just lost your uncle, right? I've talked about it enough in the past of the losses I've had in my life. But one of the things that I think is slowing people down personally, professionally in life is a topic we talked about a couple episodes ago about being unapologetically you and not caring what people think. And I don't know if I was watching a pod, listening to a podcast recently and it just drove it home for me. And it, it, it actually made me feel like shit at first. But then I thought about it. And it's really to do with when we die. And this is sad to say, but why do we care so much what other people think? And, and, and this goes hand in hand with today's topic because a lot of people are held back from their vision mm-hmm. and visioning their life. Because of what expectations are of them. They think, right? Again, being between their own ears. Nobody's got any expectations of you, Brad. You do. Mm-hmm. And you envision what other people do. But that's probably not true. But the problem is within, you know, several years, your your passing's behind people, right? And I'm not saying you're forgotten by your family ever, anything like that. But to the general public, you know, people in communities. It's true. You're forgotten. And definitely within two two generations, you are forgotten, right? So why give a shit what anybody thinks about your vision, right? That's your vision. It's not theirs. It's yours. So I guess the biggest thing is this is your life to live. Not theirs, right? Why why so often are people, you know, delaying their vision? Or scared to make that leap. Right. So so tied in with today's topic, what what many times if you close your eyes and vision the end, are you letting other people get in there to your head and envisioning it too? And are you changing how you react or how you act or what you do based on what other people think. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe I shouldn't quit my job. My mom's going to be furious, right? That I quit my job. that has got a 401k. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, you have to be willing to do that. I've talked about my personal example of quitting my job as a psychologist to do this. And I've never, I never felt the excitement or the, um, the buy-in to that old job as I do to this one, you know, so I could have easily coasted out my whole life, made good money, had a pension, all this stuff from that and been just fine, but I wouldn't have been fulfilled. Um, so I took that chance and yeah. Right. I, I think it goes hand in hand. So we got to keep the people out. So in ending on today's topic, really, gang, get everybody else out of your head. Have a clear vision, a clear path for you. For not anybody else, but for you, your family. And back to George from Seinfeld. If you believe it's true, it's true. If you envision success... And you, and you envision yourself at the finish line. I mean, I take myself back. I'm not 
you know, years ago we were on a big running kick and we, we finished with a marathon. And here I am, 219 pounds running a marathon. And had I not envisioned myself at the finish line, yeah. I was screwed. But in picture what it's going to be at the end game. And if it's not a positive thought, you might need to reevaluate, right? Yep. So any last words and thoughts, Brent? I think we had a, a really good conversation today for a Friday uh, for you all to listen to. And we hope you take it to heart. And uh, got some hopefully exciting things in the pipeline um, for this podcast. Maybe some exciting guests and some other um, important conversations to have with you all. Um, so, yeah, go out and keep crushing it. Have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Great. See you later. Yeah.